0: to Vintage News and Champagne Views. I'm your guest Sylvia Concha and today we have a new special guest, my beautiful mother Lisa Powers.
1: Welcome, welcome. How are you today? I'm good and excited to be on the podcast today. I am.
0: Good, I'm glad, excited to hear, see you on here.
1: So we brought us a
0: beautiful bottle today. It is pretty. Describe it for us. It is a beautiful blue Tiffany Oh, Color. nice, It's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It even has like sparkly accents on it and a sparkly moon. Yeah, the
1: wrapping.
0: It literally kind of now like, really looks like Tiffany's now he says that you said that.
1: Yes. And what is it called? I want to give it a try, it's called Gemma de Lune. Oh, beautiful, I think you did a great good job. Yes. It apparently means gem of the moon. That explains Google. the crescent gem moon.
0: Yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. It's a Moscato, an Italian sparkling wine, close enough to champagne, it's in the champagne family. So I will say that this bottle does not have a description on it. It pretty much just says 750 milliliters, 7.5% alcohol by volume.
1: And how much was this bottle? $15. And now it's with mm-hmm. taxes and all. Oh, That's great. Like, That's
0: really good. Right? Mm-hmm. I will say I did get a the picture of the tag of the descriptions. So I will list those off. It says, because I didn't have in the bottle, but peach, apricot, and honeyed kiwi flavors balanced by crisp acidity. And then it also said it had a 90 rating, which I don't know if it's on a scale of 100, but that sounds great.
1: <laughs> yes, and it had an extra label or a tag on the on the bottle when it was bought. Oh, you yeah. Know, it had like that little, you know, that little extra flap that you see it the store oh, where nice. it said 90. Oh, yeah, it had
0: like yeah. a little, like, you I don't know, know, like a necklace on it, kind of, yeah. So the 90,
1: and we'll... Find it's out nice nice how it tastes for us. Nicely chilled, too. Look at the conde- um, condensation.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's nice and chilled. She put it in the freezer for us because it was room temperature a few hours ago. So, awesome. All right, on to opening the champagne. My mom says she's a little nervous to open it, but I think we'll be fine as long as we point it away from our
1: faces. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So just hold this down, though. Okay. And then, yes. Take it a twist. Okay. Until I haven't opened many champagne <laughs> <laughs> No, open the hold the bottom. Yes. And now twist the top.
0: Oh, I feel it. Good, good. Keep going. OK, you might want to okay, lift it up a little bit. OK, now twist it. You're almost there. Keep going. You want to twist the bottom at the same time. Ready? You're almost there. Ah, there we okay. go. I'm a little scared. Y'all
1: can to tell. Oh, I want to get better at that. woo Very will.
0: good. All right, pour that bad boy. I will. I'm showing her the knuckle technique off camera, or off recording, I guess.
1: Oh, it looks beautiful. Let's see.
0: It's real crisp. It's like really, it's like gold clear. It's pretty, it has nice bubbles. I'd say like a slower bubble, more on the outside than like center. Mm -hmm. Some champagne, you'll see like all in the center. But all right, cheers. Cheers my lovely mother, new little special guest. Thank you, daughter. And episode four. Great. Cheers again, because I talked over it. (laughs) It looks
1: pretty in these glasses, too. Oh, that's nice. The flutes. Oh, yes. It smells good. tastes good. sweet, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's sweet and just a little bit sharp at the end, but just a little crisp, smooth. It is sweet.
0: I can taste the honeyed kiwi.
1: It kind of mutes
0: it with a sharp crisp. I'd say it tastes pretty good. I like it better than the last bottle, but...
1: I thought it was just strong. <laughs> I think it tastes pretty good myself. Wonderful. It doesn't have a bitter aftertaste or, you know, that sharp aftertaste. You're not like breathing in after. Yeah. <laughs> Holding your breath.
0: <laughs> so that's a thumbs up for Jimade Day Luna. Definitely tastes like some delicious gems. <laughs> so fun fact, we are recording West Memphis, Arkansas today. This is the fourth episode I recorded in three states.
1: So I thought that's pretty cool. Well
0: I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So are you ready to go in the champagne time machine? I am ready. Ooh, so picking a newspaper for you is a little tricky because uh we talked about this a little bit, but originally I was gonna do West Memphis, Arkansas, where we are today. Yes,
1: and but after
0: doing some researches, I saw that it was established in 1928. So West because itself was established then, therefore there wasn't even going to be a newspaper until after then. Yeah. And then we don't even really do stories that late, like up to the 50s. I mean, I'm open to do late 50s, but I like the really old yeah, stories. Yeah, the
1: quirkier stories. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, then we found out the Evening Times, that one started in the 50s, and the only place you could find, like, the documents was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, at the college, or yeah, I think it was just at the college. Yeah. So then I thought another one for you. I thought Plainfield, Connecticut. Because, you know, you lived there when you were young. Uh-huh. Established in 1699.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: They actually had the Plainfield Journal of Moosup, which is one of the four villages. Oh, that's up so
1: Connecticut. Yes, <laughs> I know that area.
0: So it was written from the late 1800s, but just like uh, West Memphis, you could only get it in the libraries in Hartford, Connecticut, and Cambridge, Massachusetts. Look, like, there's no digital copies. Mm-hmm. They're all microfilms. Yes. And I remember so like,
1: Hartford was close by two Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought it the major city.
1: Yeah, like when we we'll are on the turnpike, as they call mm-hmm. it there. Yeah. I would yeah. see
0: those signs. I don't know if Connecticut has it, but in Boston, their are little pilgrim hats, or the turnpike. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really? Well, it's like on there, yeah. Um, then I thought, I'll get a little jazzy. Let's do Oceanside, California. We might as well, it, it be jazzy. It was a snazzy one. It was established in 1888. Really? Yeah, and one of the oldest buildings, they said, was a church that they had here, there. But just like other states, it didn't start in New Zealand until 1964.
1: Oh wow! Uh, Talk so, about
0: long the <laughs> yeah. I think like you know it's established at one point, but it doesn't they start selling land? They start producing like it takes yeah. so much longer. So finally, I pulled the state that you've lived in,
1: and a little hint okay. I've
0: also lived in it.
1: Okay, good. So do you have any guess? I believe it mm-hmm. might be Wisconsin. I almost
0: picked that one. Oh, I didn't though. I did uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Yes. Guess. Okay. That's Only good because
1: too. I didn't know if you had many memories. <laughs> um, and, I had some good memories of it, but not a whole lot. But I definitely be good for a story though. Oh too. yeah, I literally yes. looked
0: up there was two newspapers for Kenosha. Yeah, and then um, but then I started doing
1: some research. It's called for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I will say too. Um, I also wanted to pick like a northern state originally because I feel like we've done only southern states, and in the eighteen mm-hmm. hundreds you're dealing with a lot of like Union and Confederate soldiers. So yeah, it's good to have a different point of view. Yeah. But then I found this one story in Charlotte, North Carolina, that I was like, oh, this is good. Because I was like, when I was looking through, I'm like, this is a good story. And then I picked this state. But we'll come back to uh Kenosha or other state. Oh, or Birmingham was my other choice. Oh yeah. And then I thought, well, Birmingham unfortunately is gonna be um another it's like all the same area. Yes. We've got Memphis. So I wanted to pick something kind of random. Yes. So but close enough to my heart that I kind of had an idea mm-hmm. of what it looks like and the atmosphere and stuff. And also Good thing about the Charlotte, North Carolina, was it was established in 1755, mm-hmm. and they had plenty of newspapers. All the stories that are going to be in this episode are from the Charlotte Observer, and they publish seven days a week. Oh, so, right. Yes, just to get out. All right, so today we're going to travel back to February 12th and 13th of 1878. The president is Rutherford B. Haynes.
1: I'm not too familiar with him. I don't know if you were familiar with him. No, I am not. I'm I'm embarrassed to say, no, I'm not. Don't
0: feel embarrassed. That's what Google is for. And I have a Google, what is he known for? (laughs) Tell us. As as the 19th President of the United States from 1877 to 1881, which is actually a four-year term, which you don't see back then. They'd be there for like 10 years or something. Okay, Rutherford B. Haynes oversaw the end of the Reconstruction era, began efforts that led to civil service reform, and attempted to reconcile the divisions left over the Civil War, beneficiary of the most fiercely disputed election in American history. Rutherford B. And I'm like, all right. So I, I basically understand, I don't know if he's good or bad, so I definitely don't want to be like, he was a great president, or he was a horrible president, but I think he came in, oh, obviously in the Reconstruction era, and he was trying to mend uh, both sides of the war, like the Union the Confederacy and stuff. So, see, that's, like, the topic of most of these papers. If I would pick the Charlotte today, it was a little less, uh like, like less Civil War-y. Yes. And then I'm going to talk about the weather today. for the, And it's more of, like, a statement than numbers, I notice. So it says, for the South Atlantic states, warmer, partly cloudy weather, light southerly winds, and stationary or lower pressure. I didn't notice there's no numbers, but I looked it up because, like, I'm going to find what the temperature is. And I seen that they didn't make a temperature record until 1978, which is the year of this newspaper. So I was like, oh, this is all we're getting. And I'm also like, is that just how people like, they did like barometer pressures and stuff. That's what they were yeah, really using yeah. back then. Yes. At the top of the paper, they have the local briefs. So it kind of really paints the scene for Charlotte, North Carolina in 1878 in February. The beautiful and fragrant Cynthia's are in full blossom, which these flowers I show you got a picture here for you. Yeah, those ones always oh. smell so good, yeah, so I can definitely see the they smell if you don't know what those are, look them up, but like
1: they're big flowers and rose, and they're uh-huh. like yeah, like clustered on, on
0: top, but mm-hmm. they have like they always smell really good, and they're like pinks and whites, and then it says after many weeks, we have had a Sunday without rain, and then it said. Last night, it missed the best opportunity. It has all season to snow. Robins were seen in the city Sunday evening. This is considered infallible sign of warm, dry, windy weather.
1: Yes, my Uh grandmother would say the first sign of a cardinal or red bird is the sign of warm weather. Yes.
0: Uh But I also like that they're like, could have been a good day to snow this day. Like like Uh weather is more like poetic almost. And it's like, we finally had rain or whatever, but so it's pretty much spring. You can tell the flowers are blooming, the robins are out, and warm weather's coming up, but it hasn't rained for the first time in a while, so that's good. The first story I have for you today is called, I have known a man, a fellow. Not Othello, a fellow. (laughs) I have known a man, a fellow, with the head and the hair of a tramp, and the dress of a doctor with a lean practice. A person who was wiggled like a snake when he walked and had a clammy hand. Yet this person was a perfect lady killer. One girl was betrothed to him for three years, and then he jilted her for a new flame. The new love affair ended with a tragedy, for when it turned, he shook the new girl love off. The restless, grief-stricken girl ended her troubles forever in a neighborhooding river. There were other women who loved the fellow almost as desperately, although they consoled themselves more easily.
1: Well, the slithery fellow and ladies.
0: Yes, he had clammy hands and tramp-like hair. hair. I'm not sure what, tr- is that dog? I guess like a dog hair? Uh-oh, like a tramp. tramp? Yes, and then this poor girl of three years threw her to the side and then she drowned herself. And then I also like how, like, once again, I love stories in the newspaper. Let's just say how that's, like, oh, yeah. that made newspaper. And then, two, <laughs> la- they just, like, scoff off the girl who killed herself. They're like, others can sell themselves more easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, talk <Tell> about him, <laughs> who he was. Also, this tastes like, honestly, you could tell me this is, like, sugar-free, sparkling apple juice. And I would genuinely believe you. Yes. Uh, it's, it's sweeter than apple as juice. As someone who I doesn't see. like the hard taste of alcohols, I like a good, juicy taste. This next story is great, as an avid cow lover myself. It's called, Cows Running At Large, The Law Not Enforced. (laughs) (laughs) The stock law is a great thing for Mecklenburg, said a well-known citizen. The wisest thing a county ever did, but is not enforced in the city. Almost every morning, I see two to three cows around my premises, browsing upon unprotected lots. Of course, the law allows me to take them up, but they do belong to my neighbors, and I dislike to risk giving offense. To them by doing this why could he not the police take them as they do hogs running at large i wish you would say something about this in the paper in compliance with this request we mentioned the subject and suggested the board of aldermen pass a resolution requiring the police to take up all cows running at large and impound them accordingly to the county law if each citizen is allowed to take up stock surely the city can do so through its police
1: uh, well, the cows are so much bigger than the pigs that is true. Yeah, like, we can take these pigs, and we can actually eat these pigs a whole lot easier You
0: can put the pigs cow. in the back of the craddy ca- like in the back of the car, <laughs> like a rest tube, put them back there. Mm-hmm. I also thought that it was like this guy's like, I know I can pick up the cows. But I don't want to risk upsetting my neighbors. <laughs> I know, he does not. I wouldn't need that, wouldn't really hold me back if there's like someone's like stray animal would just kept coming in my yard. I'd be like, well, I'm not going to like call or I wouldn't want to personally impound it. But I'm like, it is literally the late 1800s and there's just cows running. Like they're like, we've made laws, we're not going to force them. And then once again, the newspaper is very witty where it's like,
1: with this request, we've mentioned it. <laughs> He may not want to smell cow poop when he oh, gets up yeah. in the morning. And I'm, a, really,
0: yes, <laughs> I'm also like, maybe, does he have cows himself? Because I think if he had cows, he may just like take them in. Yeah. Well, I thought that was pretty good. The next story um, touches home. It's called Memphis Mardi Gras, which I've never heard of. So, the passenger agent of Memphis and Charleston Railroad is in the city endeavor to get up a party to go to Memphis to attend the Mardi Gras on the fifth of March. He states that Memphis is trying to excel New Orleans this year and promises to do it. The rates are cheap. The trip will be the most delightful one. So I guess at this time they were having Mardi Gras in uh, Memphis in 1878. It was they were trying kind to outbeat of wow. uh, New Orleans. Yes, Me. and I thought that was pretty good, like culture. And that was it was in the Charlotte newspaper, so I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: Well, it sounds good that they wanted to have, like, a festival, Mm -hmm. a celebration. And usually Um, it's, like, around Lent
0: and, like, Fat Tuesday and stuff. And I also love that, like, Memphis mentality. It's like, oh, we're going to do it. And we promise to bring it. (laughs) Yes,
1: they want people to come and see
0: it. And it's cheap. So, like, New Orleans, everyone goes. They're like, it's cheaper here. Come on over. Uh Uh-huh. That's pretty good. So the next articles I pull for you are more, like, ads. Mm. So, at the time, they were taking things over like ships and cars, very like a singular steam car, I think it only meant this time. But over to, so they get like a, we have 500 pounds of flour and we have like third cookies. So, this one is on sugars. So, it says heavy and fancy grocery sugars, yellow and white, granulated, powdered, crushed, all at prices to suit cash purchasers, wholesale and retail. John W. Hall and Co., Trade Street next door to Kyle and Hammond. And then I was like, they were just crushed,
1: snatched, like, oh, eight right. times. like, yellow. like Why yellow. yellow. I wonder if yellow is the cane, like, I like. Oh, maybe. And then I was like, you uh-huh. know, you don't
0: see, like, the raw. The brown. Oh, maybe that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then I have another one that's listed drugs and medicines. Okay. So that this is all came for people that, like, came overseas or another state or whatever. Okay. Well, I think mostly another state, but drugs and medicines. Nelson and Cox, gelatin. Fresh English spices, mustards, etc., just received by Wilson and Burwell. Which I was like, I don't know if that's under drugs or medicines, but. And then the next one says, for medical use, pure French brandy, pure sherry port, and Madeira wine, rye whiskey, Wilson and Burwell. And I thought, (laughs) I love that, like, it's pure grain alcohol, medical use only, because they sell it in the pharmacy. 100% 100% and,
1: medicine. Yes.
0: Liquid style. <laughs> that's so funny. And then uh, <laughs> the last thing I seen there was something with buffalo water. And I was oh. like, what's well, buffalo water? And so it's like water, Sanatoga water. And then it says Excelsior water on a drought, Wilson and Burwell. It's a drugstore at this place oh, that okay. advertises all these things. And I looked it up. So it was basically Lake Erie back in the day, off Lake, uh, for Buffalo. And they would bottle the water and be like, it cures fevers. It helps, like, you know, fresh a uh, stream water. Yes. And then uh, the last ad I saw, which I saw it like a lot of newspapers at the time in Charlotte, but um, it says, a farm and home of your own. Now is the time to secure it. Only $5 for an acre. One of the best land in America. Two million acres in the eastern Nebraska on the line of the Union Pacific Railroad. Now for sale. Ten years credit given. So you don't even need the $5 per no. mile. They'll give you credit for it. Interest only 6%. These are the only lands for sale in the line of the Great Railroad, the world's highway. The Great Railroad, the world's highway, which I thought was pretty good. And then send like traffic. Yeah, it says send to the New Pioneer, the best paper filled seeking new homes ever published. Which I'm guessing the New Pioneer is like a what's that catalog, like the Macy's catalog or or Sears catalog? Yes. But before then, y'all, there was the New Pioneer, and they said get those for seeking for new homes ever published. Full information with maps sent for free. Um, uh, of land agent up R R Ohama, Nebraska. So I was like, Wow but imagine buying all that land for five I obviously that's like a hundred dollars, like a lot of money to them five dollars. Yes. But just uh, it's crazy. But you okay. got
1: ten years to so where you're yes. gonna my first payment of and then they're, they're coming, this is the roads Highway, okay? Like, okay, and that's where you want to be back then, by the railroad or by the... Yes, high the Union Pacific to to Railroad. Paying your produce, everything fresher, quicker, faster.
0: Exactly, because yeah. that's what I thought too, because at first I was like, oh, it's probably in the middle of nowhere, but I'm like, right off the railroad stop, yeah. we can build a whole town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this next story is actually the story that made me choose to do this newspaper. So it's a juicy one, and it also says... It takes place in Mooresville, which is the town that we lived in yes, in North Carolina. it was
1: Mooresville.
0: Before it was a booming metropolitan city, it seems to be, but...
1: It was pretty wooded area.
0: Yeah, but I went back recently, and it's just grown so much, but so is a lot of places. But anyway, a supposed
1: case of
0: wife poisoning and Mooresville excitement in the community. <laughs> <laughs> I love, nothing other than excitement in a wife
1: Maybe, Maybe they didn't
0: like her. Maybe, okay. So, the town of Mooresville on the Statesville Railroad and the vicinity has been in a state of excitement during the past week with a supposed case of wife poisoning, which resulted in the death of the victim. While the proof of the guilt of the accused as thus far brought out is not positive, the circumstantial evidence of it is so strong as to arouse the indignation of this quiet and orderly community. The facts of the case are reported to us briefly as follows. A short distance from the town lives a couple, George Pathel and wife, who report just like George Pathel and wife. She has no name. Not no, even the no. victim.
1: Wife of Pathel. Yes,
0: who Mrs. Pathel, who report says have gone along well together. Oh, excuse me, have not gone along together. Oh. Sometime during the first, during the first of last week, the woman began to complain of suffering with a headache. On Wednesday, Patel went off and got some medicine from a doctor as he told her. He gave it to her in direction to take half of it at one dose. He then left the house saying to someone on the premises that he was going to a house of a neighbor, mister Blackwelder, who lived nearby and that if also Blackwelder, his name is his job, but okay, who lived nearby <laughs> and that if his wife grew worse to send him, a short time after he left the house the woman was taken very ill, and a messenger was immediately dispatched to Patel. He, however, declined to go first, saying it was often one of his wife's usual headaches. Uh-huh. <laughs> in 15 minutes, after Miss Pethel took the medicine, she died in spasms, which is horrible. Oh,
1: the medicine he brought home to her. Yep. As While he left. Oh, yeah. and He, he was confident. coincidence. He wasn't was coming. Work. As
0: yeah. soon as Pethel returned, he took the remainder of the medicine, which was in form of powder, and threw it into the fire, saying it should not kill anyone else. <laughs> uh, like, poof.
1: There goes the evidence, yes.
0: Subsequently, Patel was arrested and taken before a magistrate. Ma- magistrate. Yes, that uh, sounds like a very fancy jury. <laughs> That's rich. On <laughs> uh, the trial, as we are informed, he told several different stories as to the source from which he procured the medicine. The evidence brought out how it was, however, not considered strong enough by the magistrate to warrant his being bound over court, and was accordingly to be discharged. So they thought like there's not enough evidence because obviously he burned it in the fire. Oh yes, he did. And he like lied about where he found it. So subsequently, other evidence was obtained of a very damaging character. That was the other evidence, his damaging character, right? Oh. And another warrant. And he come
1: home. Yeah,
0: and after his damaging character, another warrant was issued for his arrest. But when the officers went to his house, they found that he had gone. And so far as we have been able to learn, he has not been heard some since. Of course, you know.
1: Oh, Mr. Declare
0: Conscience. <laughs> the matter is being still further investigated, and it is stated that a strong case has been made out against the accused. The poison used is thought to be known as strychnine, and it's supposed that it is being obtained in Concord, which is like another city or town. But I'm like, every case, all this, that's what gets me all these old stories. Okay, for one, it's like rarely justice. And if there is, it's like, we let him go, but he disappeared, gone. Never okay. seen again. Yeah, what's to another
1: town, about our problem.
0: <laughs> Literally, it's like, they're like, we're not going to get him. If you see him, though, bring him on back. <laughs> All right, so we have two, like, headline stories, the ones they like to list out, and two more stories to tell you. So I'm excited to share those with you. So we just finished the bottle. We poured it into our glasses. We're going to do a little... Mid podcast shows. Sure. Cheers. Cheers. This is so sweet. I really (coughs) like it though. I approve. Uh, Me too. (laughs) It's well
1: worth
0: the money. Oh, I'll definitely buy again. Mm -hmm. All right. So this titled Men Should Be Careful Lest They Cause Women to Weep, for God Counts Their Tears. I'm like, oh yeah. Then that was from Tal Moon. (laughs) 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 And then this next one's called A Lady. A young lady in Wisconsin refused an offer of marriage on the ground that her father was unable to support a larger family.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Oh, of course!" Yeah, like those
0: poor people. Like, cause back in the day, you would have to like pay to your husband and the bounties and stuff. And he was like, "I can't take on this wedding, this other family.
1: Yes. Can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I don't and even mean, have no goats."
0: Oh, there's actually another headline on here. It says, "Senior is questioned," like a senior citizen. What is the name of that lady whom you are engaged? Senior Blame Lee responds, which one? Oberlin Review. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just the quirky ones. The title of this next story is called A Determined Woman. Miss Alice McKee of Chicago was unable to pay the rent of her humble apartments, and a constable entered them in order to levy upon her furniture, She protested, he insisted. Refusing to show his wit of authority, he had obtained interest by representing that he had wished to obtain board. Miss Kelsey, sorry, Miss McKee, took a pistol from the bureau and shot the intruder dead. On the trial, it was proven that pieces of furniture which he was leaving were exempt and throughout his had exhibited insolence and stupidity. The jury immediately acquitted her, a verdict indicating that a woman in Chicago has some rights which even officers of law are bound to respect. Her furniture. Yeah, as well. I was
1: like, <laughs> I was like, he, don't, he didn't take care of that furniture anyway. It's Yeah, because he was coming to take it to
0: um, use because she didn't pay her rent.
1: Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, and I was like, Oh, oh. he's going to take some of her goods, but she yes. can not But I'm going to take your furniture. Well, the thing is, and then he was
0: taking furniture that were not on the. were, like, acceptable. He was just picking up, like, Oh, I'll take your to find this cabinet in here. Yeah, like, and being mean and, like, I'm just going to take your bed yes. and take that. But I was surprised that they, like, like respected her and didn't like that she was able to be acquitted and like the women has even even women have some
1: laws to be respected yes
0: this is the final story i have for you it's called a desperate man to meet in the dark as a respectable and respected banker of this city was a couple of nights ago walking home from the cars, he met a haggard and desperate-looking man at a lonely corner and discovered that he was one of the former employees of the bank, discharged some months ago. Before, what, what do you want? Nervously inquired the banker. Times, sir, and the other in hoarse, changed voice. Times have gone very hard with me since you gave me the G, which I've never heard of that of oh, the G B, which I'm guessing is like fired. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. not tasted whiskey, let alone bread, for forty-seven hours. I am a desperate man, and only remains to me see this revolver. And he pulled out a weapon, the barrel of which glistened ominously in the moonlight. Yet, yeah, yes, timidly faltered the banker. I took this revolver tonight, and I swore this awful oath. That I would wait here at this unfrequented spot, and the first traveler I saw him come along, that if he would be have the stamps, I would. Miserable man, said the banker but his teeth chattered and he could go no further. I would try to sell it to him, continued the unhappy man. It's a bully good revolver costing $11 and I'll sell it to you for $2 and not charge you a cent for the four cartridges in it. Is it a bargain, my dear sir? Yes. <laughs> my dear sir, said the banker, feeling as if the Palmer, has be, the Palmer house have been lifted off his breastbone. My dear sir, I could not think of paying you so small a price, so valuable for your weapon. $10 is the lowest I could go for. Moment, think of offering my honorable friend for it. I have nothing smaller than a 20 note with me, and you may keep the change. So saying, he concluded the transaction, paid over the money, where he went and got a block and a half away, set off like a startled fawn, and made the rest of his way to his house at the rate of about 2 13th, a half a mile. Chicago Times. But that was pretty good. He ran into it. And also, it was like, what coincidence, he ran into the guy. Because he said anybody he was going to do it to. But he was like, "That is about to get killed. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'll sell it to you for $2. Yes. <laughs> then it's just 10 no, no less than 10 Yeah. And then he ended up giving 20 bucks, And just like, my dear friend, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was just like, that's such a good, like, high and low story to take you all on for the final story. It and, was. And yes. thank you so much for coming on the pod today. I think we had so much fun, we, and we like the bottles. That's always a win. Two pluses yeah, up.
1: I had a really good time, and I enjoy this old stories. Okay. I think they're quirky mm-hmm. and uh, interesting, mm-hmm. and the laws are so much different, and people are so much different. Yes. there were a whole not whole not a whole lot of. Laws not even made yet for yes. the crimes that are being committed that they have to make laws for it's forward. trial and error like yes. they're going through without they're, lights they're going through like they're desperate they're desperate and yes. then this
0: guy like and also for the times like it also has like depth like when you read the story because it's old you think that oh we can kill him and that's just gonna be the end of the tale and it's like. Oh no, I might be a desperate beggar, but I'm not a murderer. Right? No. Well, thank you, everyone, and thank you to our listeners. And I'm so happy you're back after a little bit of a break. And we'll see you next time on Vintage News and Champagne Views. Good night. Good night.